0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot at what's new in the world of real estate investing. For Tuesday, August the 30th, I'm your host, Victor Menasch. On today's show, we're talking about the ways in which a city can block your project from coming into reality. Some people believe that once you have the correct zoning on your property, that's all you need to submit your drawings to the building department for a building permit. Well, it turns out that's not true. There's several other conditions that need to be met in addition to the basic zoning. You have parking ratios to deal with traffic, utilities for water, sewer, electric, gas, and internet. You've got to make sure the school's of capacity, and there's the fire code and access to emergency services. You might have enough land to build your proposed building, and you might even meet the zoning for your building. Of course, you need to meet all the constraints for that particular building in terms of density, height, setbacks from the property line at the front, the rear, and the side yards. But it turns out there's so much more. We see so many projects being held up by cities, much to the frustration of property owners. This is where a comprehensive understanding of the complete set of engineering constraints is so important. Sometimes there can be a moratorium on development in a particular area until a certain infrastructure component is built to new standards. For example, we often see a situation where a sewer pipe or a sewer lift station's at capacity. Adding more residential units would require a complete rip up and upgrade of the entire downstream infrastructure to handle the larger flow. That delay can sometimes be years until the city gets around to enlarging the sewer pipe. These pipes are usually buried in the road allowance, and upgrading the pipe means tearing up miles of roads and enlarging the infrastructure. The same can happen with the water main expansion, although they tend to track the sewer capacity very closely. Depending on the product being designed, I find many projects are limited by parking. Some cities designate a parking ratio of 1 to 1, or 1.5 to 1, or 2 to 1 per residential unit, inclusive of guest parking and accessible parking. Unless the business case can support the cost of structured parking, parking will consume a majority of the land in your project. If your property happens to connect directly or indirectly to a high traffic road, the city might require you to perform a traffic study. Let's imagine, for example, that you're building a 200 unit complex. The city might determine that you're going to be adding 1,800 cars per day to the traffic load in the area. If one of those adjoining streets feeding your properties at capacity, the city might not allow the additional traffic, or they might require you to fund the off-site improvements. That might include a turning lane, a widening of the road, or perhaps the addition of a traffic signal. They might require you to wait until a larger scale traffic solution is implemented by the city or the state, depending on who has jurisdiction of the road network in question. I've seen some projects that meet zoning be denied approval because area schools are at capacity. They don't have the ability to absorb additional students within the school district. Some communities are waiting for additional funding, either to build more schools or they're waiting for additional funding to pay for transportation to another school outside the immediate area. We've seen the fire marshal disqualify a project because they couldn't meet the service requirements for first responders. In one case, the property could not provide drive-up access for emergency vehicles, or the distance to a suitable water supply for sprinklers was not available. See, none of these are contained in the zoning code. Now, the good news is that most cities have a low-cost pre-consultation process in which developers can present their project concepts. The city will have a planner chair the meeting, and then members from each discipline, including utilities, fire, traffic, police, and so on, are at that meeting. In that one hour session, you can gain a wealth of information from all of the discipline. We've seen cases where a project application would only be approved if the developer donated land to the city to widen a major arterial road, but doing so would remove enough land from the property to render the proposed project impossible. You would have no way of knowing that unless you sat down with the city and had a roundtable meeting. These roundtable meetings with the city will answer many of these questions and more. In that meeting, the city will tell you what they require in terms of traffic studies, road allowance, landscape buffers, utilities, and so on. Unfortunately, the information provided in the roundtable meeting is not legally binding. If they make a mistake and you rely on that information to make a decision, you don't have much recourse to go back and sue the city for damages. But the information received in that meeting will help you in making an informed decision about the feasibility of your project. There are so many hidden constraints on development projects that can hinder the scope or render project unfeasible. None of the critical information is readily and publicly available in nice concise published format. It requires direct dialogue with the department heads of each area. Successful development requires asking the right questions early in the process. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.